So what's the difference between a dry stick and a living branch? Water. Water and being connected to the vine. Take a branch away from the vine and it becomes just a dry stick. Take a branch even that's part of the vine and without water it dies. These are kind of obvious and basic images for us here in Sonoma County. We know about vines. We know about water. Just this week, we had a drought emergency declared. And so we know that water is life. Jesus calls himself living water in another place in John's gospel. And today in the part of John's gospel that we heard just now, he calls himself the vine. And so Jesus is both our source of life, the vine, the stem that gives us life, and also the water that keeps us growing. And today we also heard about someone joining that vine, someone being grafted into the people of God through water, through the water of baptism. The scripture story doesn't tell us his name, this Ethiopian eunuch. Tradition calls him Simeon, Simeon Bacos. So I'll call him Simeon today because we need to spend a little time with Simeon. Simeon sits on the borderlands in almost every way. He is, at least to Philip, a foreigner, an African. He is from the South, from far away. And it's not clear whether he is Jewish or a Gentile. As he's introduced as an Ethiopian, we might assume that he is a Gentile who's somehow been drawn to the religion of Israel, so much so that he's come to Jerusalem to worship. But many scholars think that we're probably meant to understand him as actually being Jewish, as a member of the very small diaspora community of African Jews that had existed ever since the Babylonians destroyed the first temple almost 500 years before. So whoever he is, Simeon has a complicated ethnic identity. Back at home in Ethiopia, he is probably something of an outsider. And yet also a foreigner in Israel when he comes up to Jerusalem to worship in Judea. A man in between. And he certainly is in between and on the borderlands when it comes to gender, because he is a eunuch. And in the ancient world, that's a category that could include different kinds of people. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus says there are those who are born eunuchs and there are those who are made eunuchs. And in fact, a person born intersex or a person with a gender identity out of the mainstream might be considered a eunuch. But probably what it means for Simeon is that he was castrated before puberty, maybe for his role as a servant in the queen's court. So this is a person who has known physical pain and trauma, who's known what it is to have his body invaded and harmed outside of his control. And he is someone who's known the emotional pain of being seen as different, different from others, 
different and less than. Not going through puberty with other boys. Standing out and being recognizable for his high voice and his beardlessness. Treated as other in a world that prized maleness and masculinity even more than ours does today. There's another thing that the ancient world prized even more than ours does today, and that's physical offspring. Even today in our society, sometimes people who choose not to have children or can't have children are stigmatized or treated as strange. But in the ancient world, even more so, because to not have your line continued, to not have children from your body, was almost a kind of death, a kind of extinction. And that was the one thing that Simeon was most certainly not going to have. And finally, he's in between when it comes to status and power, because this is a wealthy man, the treasurer of an entire nation. He reports to the queen. He has access to a chariot and a driver. He's been as far as Jerusalem. He has perhaps purchased a scroll of the scriptures. He's able to read. And he's a servant. And so Simeon is in between. He is on the margins. He's on the borderlands. As we meet him in his chariot reading Isaiah, it's no wonder he was drawn to this prophet's words. These words that Christians have so often applied to Jesus. These words about a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. It says, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb, silent before its shearers. No wonder, does he hear his own childhood trauma in this passage? He was humiliated and treated without justice. Who can speak of his descendants, says the prophet, for his life has been cut off from the earth. It's as if this passage was written for him. And I think it's no accident that Simeon is drawn to these words from Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53. And there's more for Simeon in Isaiah. Because our story that we heard today doesn't go on to quote this next passage, but there's an extraordinary passage just three more chapters later in Isaiah, Isaiah 56. And it's a passage about eunuchs and about foreigners. And so I think we have to know this passage too in order to really appreciate the story of Simeon. Because Isaiah has God speak an extraordinary promise for these people who were thought of as cut off from the people of God. It goes, do not let the foreigner who has been joined to the Lord say, the Lord will cut me off from his people. And do not let the eunuch say, I am just a dry stick. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant. I will give them a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will never be cut off. This extraordinary promise to a group of people, to two groups of people, foreigners and eunuchs, who in different places in the Torah had been considered excluded from the people of God, now in the prophets in Isaiah are included into the circle of God's people. Does Simeon find this passage too? Has he already discovered it 
by the time he meets Philip on the road? We don't know. What we know is that it comes true for him. As Philip tells him about Jesus, Simeon learns about another man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief. And something about what he's hearing goes straight to his heart. And as Philip shares the good news of the resurrection, Simeon the eunuch knows. He is convinced that this good news is for him. And this man on the margins, this person with access to power who is also a slave, this person who is in between gender and ethnicity and religion says, stop the chariot. What is there to stop me from being baptized? Philip doesn't suggest it to him. Simeon, in a moment, comes to this for himself and says, I'm in. This good news is for me. And there is nothing to stop me, me, the eunuch, me, the foreigner. In the light of this good news, I know that nothing can stop me from being baptized. Nothing is to stop him at all. This child of God, this beloved human being who has maybe never found a place where he completely belongs. He finds that place in the water. He finds it in the water of baptism where there is no Jew or Gentile, no slave or free, no male and female, but one new humanity in Jesus Christ. And in that water, Simeon is grafted onto the vine. This is where all of scripture's images and metaphors pile up on each other. Do not let the eunuch say, I am just a dry stick, says God through Isaiah. From dry stick to fertile branch, this eunuch is joining a new kind of family, one that has nothing to do with biological offspring, which is good news for anyone who's ever had a family of choice, anyone who's ever been wounded by their family of origin, anyone who, for whatever reason, has not fit perfectly into a society's specific norms of what family is supposed to mean. This is good news. In the waters of baptism, there are no dry sticks, just green branches of the one true vine. Abide in me and you will bear much fruit, says Jesus. And as far as we can tell, Simeon does. This one new branch of the vine goes back all by himself to Ethiopia. But now he's connected to the source. And like a transplant into new soil, he grows. To this day, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, which is one of the most ancient churches in the world and one of the only churches completely indigenous to Africa, proudly claims its origins with Simeon the eunuch, whose spiritual descendants have come down throughout the generations. Who can speak of his descendants indeed? So what's the difference between a dry stick and a living branch? Water. The lush fertile waters of baptism where we are born into new life. Water and being connected to the vine.